all along I've been thinking, there are tens of thousands of women that are like me that are smart, that are a, a great, huge- Driven. Uh, uh, driven, mm-hmm. that are a great addition, could be a great addition to any organization. But trying to figure that all out, it's a little, after you've been out of the workforce for 18, 20 yeah, years, but- it's a little overwhelming. Not a little, it's a lot overwhelming. This is Financial Sobriety. We're a couple of financial guys that decided to sit down and share a little bit about our view on things related to money and more. So if you think this is a traditional money podcast, oh, I think you might be in for a little surprise. I'm Matthew Grishman. And Jim Gebhardt. And we're here to talk money in a way you've never imagined money can be talked about. We are so excited to pick up where we left off on our last episode with Beth and Jim sharing their Clarity Compass experience. Part two of the discussion has some huge revelations from both of them that I know you're absolutely going to love. Let's get to it. What does going from have to to want to look like for Beth? Have you thought about that yet? No. Okay. I don't think so. That's your homework assignment. That's the next homework assignment on Clarity Compass, is to take that one. Where is wealth? That's on your east. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so we got north, south, east, west. So wealth is on your east side of your compass. So how that shows up in your life is freedom. What you're going to do in the next 24 hours is, well, I hope you do this. It's a suggestion. It's not a, you have to, is start thinking about what does that look like? So I think about like as our kids are getting older and wanting to spend more time with them. So for example, I've talked about wanting to, you know, take Emily and Grace. They've always wanted to go to Nashville and I've always wanted to go to Nashville. So the freedom to be able to choose to say, you know what, we're going to take some of the wealth. And not that Nashville is like a huge chunk and, you know, a huge chunk of money, but still, and we're going to go and we're going to go to do, we're going to, we're going to go to Nashville. Uh, Jim and I, when we were in Denver, was that two years ago? We went to the Red Rock Amphitheater. Amphitheater, thank you. And I was like, we this goes on the bucket list. Going to see a concert at that at that amphitheater. At the Red Rock. At the Red Rock Amphitheater. So I guess it goes back to so then I guess you tie it. You can tie it, and I need to, and I've I have started creating a bucket list. So maybe it is creating like being really clear about what is what is on that bucket list. And then the wealth gives you the freedom to actually cross off some of the things that that's are a, on your bucket list. That's it's awesome. a tool. It's a tool yeah, at the end of the tool. day. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Take me through well, what wealth isn't your true north though. No. It's it's supported by, as are the other two things, gratitude and connection. Yes. Your true north is health. Health, yes. Tell me about that. Yes. How, how, what, do you, what do you mean by health? How does that show up well, in your I think life? That, I think that health is one of those things that everybody, and, and it's always, it's obviously an important thing because as they say, without your health, you know, you don't have anything. And so I think it's just making it really top of mind and mere, really clear on, on, okay, if that, if I say that that is my, that's my true north, then put your money where your mouth is, Beth. And not just my, I don't, necessarily mean money in terms of actual dollars, but that's certainly part of it. Your money um, but and also your time. Your time. Yeah. yeah, your time and your thought. And so kind of the big joke, it's not a joke, but the big kind of funny thing is that after we did the Clarity Compass, and was it like a week later or something, I texted you and I said, <laughs> guess what? I just bought a bike. Yes, that was awesome. And that's why I remember it was December because it was around Christmas time. And 
I said to Jim, I said, hey, I'm going to buy a bike. And that's very unlike me. Now, I didn't go out and spend, you know, the $5,000 on a, on a fancy bike. But. Emphasis on not like her. Emphasis is very much not like her. Not no. like her. No. Yeah. So it was like, you know what? I'm doing this. Plus, also, I was a little worried. Not a little worried because during COVID, you couldn't get a bike. Right? Yeah. That became... That became like a, a hot, that a, was a hot, hot item. In there with toilet paper right? and ball bearings and right? seven Fitzer valves. Right. right. Yeah. So I was at Sports Basement doing some Christmas shopping, and I saw the bikes. I was like, oh. and I was talking to one the guy about the bikes, and so they had one, and I called Jim. I think I did ask. Did I ask for permission, or I kind of I ran it by? See, I, I, I can't, not can't. I'm not used to making decisions, financial decisions. And let's just, okay, again, it was a $500 bike. Sure. Okay, it wasn't a $5,000 bike. Sure. But still, that was a lot of money for me to spend on myself without checking in with Jim. So anyway, I said, you know what? How about this is my, Christ- my uh, it's a Christmas and birthday present. So I combined it between two things. Justify, justify, justify. It was my way of justifying it. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, it also- But you made the decision. You did it. Yes, I did it. And it also was part of my one of my other- Clarity Compass values, which is connection. And so my thought process was that also then allows me to have a bike and I can take the boys. We have a bike rack, you know, take the boys and we can go and we can do some exploring around the Bay Area and different bike rides and that kind of thing, which, you know, I'm always looking for opportunities to get them out of the house again, especially during this, during the COVID. So it honored multiple. It, older, yes, it actually it honored, honored them all, mul- if I may, if I may, as a guest on the show, interject. What's your name again? Bob. Nice to see From you, Bob. Accounting. Yeah. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for showing up in it, your plaid it, shirt. It, it it accomplished the health, gratitude, wealth, and connection. They were all tied together with that transaction. And what I particularly like about it is where that has been a conversation item in terms of Beth buying a bike for quite some time. I can't tell you how long, but a couple of years. And you wouldn't Part, pull the trigger and, before and, doing this. And, and well, going through the exercise unlocked the motivation, the clarity, the intentionality, all those things to put her in a position of going and making that decision on what felt like an impulse purchase for her in terms of the physical, actual bike in the store. Right. Right. But really, at the end of the day, if it had been one of those metal things with the two round things on the end with a handlebar, that's what we were looking for. We weren't looking for the a particular bike model and all that. And boom, she was ready to act because, hey, they have bikes. They're reasonably affordable. They're in the budget. I can make it, you know, Christmas, Valentine's, birthday, Mother's Day, Fourth of July, <laughs> and combine it into 18 different occasions. Boom, you did it. And in the spirit of financial sobriety, one of my favorite tools that is like an automatic bell in my head now when I have an impulse purchase. Because th- this is a very unique purchase. This has been something you've both been talking about for a long time, but in the moment of making the purchase, it felt impulsive. Where the 10-10-10 principle comes in greatly to be able to be used here is, I would imagine you spent at least 10 minutes away from the bike wondering if this was a decision you needed to make today. Yes, I actually didn't buy it in the store. I went home. And thought about it, and I talked to Jim, and then and then I called them and said, "Can can I buy the bike?" How would... I also I just would like to clarify two yeah. things about buying the bike. Yeah, one of my research pieces was I wanted a bike that I could put a basket on. 
because I just think of that's course. cool. Bring, 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 bring. Have a basket on the back of your bike. It's cool. It's I got cool. her. I got her the bell for uh, Easter. It's cool. I did not. Yeah, get we all want to feel like we're in Santa Cruz when we're riding our bikes. That makes yes. sense. Yes, that's awesome. And also, I got over the garage clutter issue. Well, Mother's Day was that coming I have. up. True, and my birthday. Remember, that's right. what we do on my birthday. Yeah, and Mother's Day, we, we clean, clean out the garage. garage. Yeah. <laughs> God help us all. I know. Jim loves it. Jim loves it. So I got over that because that's kind of been one minute. I don't want to have another thing in the garage. But, Is that what you sound like when you say that? I hope I don't actually. Okay. But there are. I hear a much sweeter melody when you say that. Yeah. Music. Yeah. But the good news is we did clear out all of the girls' alkalized basketball uniforms and backpacks and travel suits. Paraphernalia. Paraphernalia. We got rid of that, so that did that did provide that freed up some space in the garage. So we've taken the bike and tipped it on its side and, and sli- it, yeah. slid it, it in one of the no, shelves. Yeah. yeah. So how long ago was this bike purchased? Was it more than ten weeks ago? December. Yes. You bought this bike over ten weeks ago. Yes. Yes. Is the bike still serving a purpose in your life post ten weeks later? Yes. Yes, for sure. And the other thing that's nice, and you know, there's always more opportunities to ride the bike. Sure. But it's also been fun because Grace can ride it, ride it too. So it's been fun for her to kind of tool around with the boys too. Can you envision how this bike purchase could be impactful in your life as it relates to your values 10 years from now? Sure. I actually, we talked about that. Jim and I have talked about that because one of, I don't know if this has come up on the podcast, but one of Jim's favorite places is La Quinta, California. Ah, down in the, the desert. desert. Yeah. Have you guys talked about that on the podcast? I have listened. I I have listened. We are now. <laughs> oh. Uh oh. Did I just? It's probably been a, mentioned. Was that was that a spoiler Maybe alert? Maybe not. That's all right. So we were down there. We were down in the desert, and for over Christmas break, or for Thanksgiving, and no, we were down there. We we took a we took a week off in February and went down there, and we kind of started daydreaming about you know maybe having a house down there one day. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, and wouldn't it be fun? We could have bikes with baskets on them and we could ride our bikes to Trader Joe's and, you know, pick up our chicken and our tequila. <laughs> Perfect. Plenty of room in what the basket goes, for both. And maybe a vegetable, yeah. maybe a bag of Brussels sprouts. Chicken soaked in tequila is yeah, delicious. Right? Yeah. Uh, I, there is actually a dish called, uh, I've never made it, but. Tequila lime uh, chicken. Tequila lime chicken, yeah. yes. Yes. So, to answer your question in terms of the future, that did – it was kind of funny because that came up as a possible vision for the future, and well, that yeah. would be fun. Well, in the spirit of the 10-10-10 concept, we have this impulsive decision. You use the tool, perhaps subconsciously, where you walked away from it for 10 minutes just to see if there was any emotion attached to that impulse to buy it today. Right, right. You went home. You talked about it. Hey, the desire to buy the bike was still here. And now, in hindsight, we get to look back because I've, I've always looked at the second and third components to the 10-10-10 rule as if this thing is not going to be meaningful to me in 10 weeks, let's leave it alone. Let's forget about the purchase. But if there could be some impact, especially as it relates to my clarity compass and the things that are most important to me 10 years from now, then that should be a purchase we should consider, especially if the emotion yep. is out of the conversation. So good, good on you for doing that. Yep. Thank you. I got one last question for you on this, and then we're going to quiz uh, our friend Bob over here uh, on his Clarity Compass experience. I distinctly remember a moment in the room where you got emotional. I don't remember exactly what it was that triggered 
the emotion. You don't either. I do. I mean, I definitely remember. Yeah, I was I was crying. Do you remember which which value it was about? Was I mean, just looking at you because you've got your clarity compass in front of you, and there, there's a purpose of why I want to bring this up. I, I don't want to just bring back feelings of sadness. There, there's a purpose to this. When I got emotional, I don't necessarily think it was sadness. Okay. As I'm looking at my worksheet here, and this is a nice little worksheet when you kind of take what your what your principles are and then try to pinpoint, okay, so so now what? What 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 are my next steps? What am I yeah, doing? Yeah, how does it show up how in my life? It, how right. do I get started? Right. Who's gonna hold me accountable? And then how much time do I need to actually honor this value? Right. 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 So I think it was gratitude. Okay. And you ha- we have on this, what does this look like in my life? And what I have written down is I am a light. I think that that is, I kind of get a little bit emotional about that too, but um, now that I'm just thinking about that. So I think that's maybe when I started getting more emotional was thinking about how I impact others and what my my role, because I've always kind of been caught up on this whole, what is my purpose? And everybody, oh, my purpose is this, my purpose is this. I'm like, well, I don't know I'm going purpose. Um, or at least I, I do, but I don't know what it is. Uh, at least it's not... Uh, super clear in my brain. Sure. And so I think this whole concept of I am a light, and then you said a lighthouse. Oh, okay. You used now the I remember the conversation. Yep. Now I remember. And I think that's where the emotion was, a lot of the emotion was coming from. And that I hope that I am a light in people's lives. And you absolutely are. So I think that's where the emotion is coming from. Because I'm like, right now, it's like my eyes are starting to tear up right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure what else to say about that right now. Well, you, you are. <laughs> and and the, the whole, the reason I brought up the lighthouse, thank you for bringing that back, because now I do remember. The reason I brought up the lighthouse to you was when we were looking at your action plan on how do, how do I express this in the world? How do I take this value? How do I take gratitude? What it looks like is this light and, and how do we go create an action plan around that? The reason we brought up the lighthouse is because I kind of look at you as a lighthouse. And what I know for me I've always appreciated about being in your presence is that a lighthouse doesn't run around the island trying to save ships from crashing into the rocks. It just stands there and shines. That's all it does. And there's something about your presence that when I'm around you, I feel safe not because of what you say or do, but just because you're that light that shines. And, and I, I, I was hoping to express that verbally in a way that you could visually see what that looked like. Right. Because I think often we try to go around saving other people from crashing into the rocks. And when we realize that just standing there and shining and being the light that you're meant to be, and this kind of ties into that relationship with other people thing, that right. just that presence, that expression of empathy that you're so amazing at is what draws people to you. Thank you. You're welcome. It was also funny how funny is not the right word, but the one of the songs, I think did I think it just came out kind of during COVID. And it's called "Be a Light," which so it's a it's a country song. So for those of you who are not country fans, but it who's it by? Shoot, I should know this off the top of my head. That's I, all right. Ace it, it has, has got a computer. Has with a, us. There's a couple of different people in it. It's not Luke Combs. No, Luke Combs isn't. I know Reba McIntyre's in it. And uh, Keith Urban's in it, but it's... So it's kind of a country, we are the world collaboration? Yes, it's a bit of a country, we are the world collaboration. Okay-ish. Oh, yeah. Um, It's Thomas Rhett. Thomas Rhett, yes. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I'm embarrassed I didn't remember that. When I first heard that song, I was like, this is kind of my theme song. 
Were you hysterical? In a world, no, it wasn't hysterical, but it was, I, I mean, I did, it really struck me. And of course I sent it to everybody in the family text. And I was like, you know what? This really, this song speaks to me. Sure. And if I can embody this song, then then I'm good. That's awesome. I'm good. Very cool. Before we go over to Bob here, I lied. I have one more question. Okay. I said I had one more question a few minutes ago, but I've got one more question. Uh, Time's up. Thanks <laughs> yeah. for playing today. The game is over. <laughs> Thank your sponsors, and the exits are on. All right, Jeopardy host, yeah. pipe down. It'll be yeah. your turn in a minute. Pay your, what, yeah. Just as well. So little little reveal. In the world of Gebhardt Group, I am very, very pleased to announce to everybody sitting in this room who may not be aware of this yet that Beth has officially joined the team. You have, you. you are. Applause, applause. Absolutely. Applause, applause, please. Con- applause. Computer generated applause. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'll even give a little shake a shake. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Right. You are what I would call a quintessential woman in transition right now. And what I mean by that is you are going through a time in your life where your primary MO was these four wonderful children that you have and taking exquisite care of them. It was a full time job. That has become more of a part-time job as one has left the nest, the second one is about to go to the nest, and the two little Jim Juniors are starting to become much more independent, Yes, where they don't need a full-time person guiding them with all their decisions. That transition has been going on for a little while, Mm -hmm. and you made a decision to re-enter the workforce, engaging a skill set that you had spent many, many years developing in the professional world prior to being a full-time mom. Talk to me about how this clarity compass process may or may not have played a role in helping you take that first step and actually say, I'm going to go do this. Was there any part of this that played any influence in that? Or just well, what what helped you make that decision? Tell me about that. Well, we had kind of made that decision. I mean, I after our first child, Emily, was born, I went back to work. And then I worked for, what, six months, nine months? And then we just, we made a decision as a family as a couple that, you know, I think it would be better for us or we think it'd be better for us to have one of us stay at home. So that person was me. I feel like all along I have kind of thought, well, at some point I would like to get, I would like to work again. I enjoy working. I was a workaholic, according to Jim, when he met me. So now I guess I'm a recovering workaholic. And um, Welcome to recovery. Yes, yes. So it was probably about a couple years ago I thought, okay, well, what can, what can I how how are we going to make this work? What can I do? And so I really felt like having been out of the 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 workforce for two years ago it was at eighteen years. I really began to feel what's the word? I feel like it, I wasn't I wasn't worth anything. That, that's a that's a way over dramatization of what the word I'm not being able to find. You were lacking irrelevant. Some I was feeling irrelevant. Okay. Okay. I was feeling irrelevant. Gotcha. There it is. I was doing some things online to look at jobs. What could I be doing? Because I was even I felt like I didn't even know what the the nomenclature was. I didn't even know what the the language was anymore around some of the. Expanding our footprint so that our ecosystem can be maximized with yes, synergistic optimized. with synergistic optimization. Yes. Well, the synergistic part is that's critical. Yes, absolutely. to our to our desired outcomes. Did you build an entire technology stack to help you with this? Yeah. Okay. The slide deck is the in. deck. Yes, yeah. the slide deck. I'm like, what is a deck? Yeah, the deck. I'm like, uh, it's a the power deck point. in your backyard. Um, I just built a deck, deck in my yeah, backyard. The slide deck is in legal. Nice. And there was one, and this was actually a helpful a helpful website. 
that helped me kind of refine what it is that I was looking to do. Okay, so there was there is a website that I found called the Mom Project, and I thought, you know what? Because I, all along I've been thinking there are thousands, probably tens of thousands of women that are like me that are smart, that are a a great huge driven a, a, driven mm-hmm. that are a great addition could be a great addition to any organization but trying to figure that all out it's a little after you've been out of the workforce for 18 20 yeah, years that, it's a little overwhelming not a little it's a lot overwhelming and those smart driven incredible women might also relate to what you just said about feeling irrelevant and potentially lacking some self-esteem. Uh, yeah, some self-confidence to say, oh, yeah. I could actually like do an interview. Uh, you did very or... well in your interview with us, by oh, the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Good, I'm glad. Well, you were you. You were you. You showed up. Right. And it was awesome. But the where I was going to go with that mom project, it, it there was one, and I can't remember the phrase, but there was one company, I think it was Oracle, actually, that had a job listing. Actually, they don't tell you what the company is when you're looking at the job posts. It was a, there was some fancy word. I think it's maybe like three words, actually. And I was like, what does that mean? Hmm. And literally, I Googled it, and I'm reading it. I'm like, they're just talking about sales. That's that's sales. It's the same thing that it was 20 years ago. Just a whole new fancy language. I mean, well, that was Jim's ha-ha moment ago when we were talking about footprints and synergistic energies and overlap. And he, I mean, he and I sat in a corporate conference call on a Zoom I don't know, a couple months ago when we were, when I met you guys down in the desert and I couldn't believe the language that yeah. was being used and it all described the same crap we knew about right. 20 years ago exactly. when we were all in corporate America. Right. So anyway, pulling this all back to the Clarity Compass, I can't say specifically that the reason that I am now back in the workforce is because of the Clarity Compass. Maybe it is in a subconscious way. This is where I'll feed you a little bit and I'll, I'll push on you a little bit, but tell, tell me what that says under West. Connection. Connection. What are you going to be doing while at Gebhardt Group? So I am going to be helping people with Medicare supplements. So people 65 and older who are interested in purchasing a Medicare supplement to help pay for the pay for the things that Medicare doesn't pay for. Why is that such a valuable service for people? What what is it that people get in the mail prior to their sixty fifth birthday? Medicare is a very confusing. It's it's very confusing. There's a, there's so many different components. I'll say it the right way. Components. There's you know Medicare. There's you know, Medicare supplements. There's Medicare Part C. There's you know Medicare Part D. You know there's all these different parts. Alphabet soup. And there's it's a total alphabet soup. And then you get into the different Medicare supplements, and they're all labeled alphabetically as well. And so since I do have a background in this way way long ago. Not wait. I shouldn't discredit myself. It was, but I, I did. I uh, things have changed, but there's a comfort level for me because I do have a, I do have a knowledge of this, and so I'm excited to kind of re-engage in that, and I'm bringing back my knowledge, and you know, had to pass that big be a light life and exam. That's where I was going. You get to be a light. You get to express yes. connection because where I was going to with, you know, what do you get in the mail before you turn 65 is you get this big fat book in the mail of here's everything you need to know about Medicare. Good luck. Right. So would you say it's somewhat of an understatement to say that most people who receive that in the mail 
can get very confused very quickly given the entire alphabet soup associated with something like Medicare decisions. For sure. I think it's laid out very well, though, in terms of, you know, all 122 pages and the labeling of A to C ties to, you know, D is for dental and C is for cookie and, oh, sorry. You got to do that in the right voice. C is for cookie. Right. It is overwhelming. Yeah. For somebody to try to make sense of what they send you. And you you said it beautifully. It's like, you know, good luck to you. Here you go. So I, I definitely think many of the aspects of your Clarity Compass, while not a direct connection or outcome from the exercise, is that whole concept of being a light and being on purpose and the empathy muscle that you that Matthew beautifully, beautifully described is who you are. It ties beautifully with all that. Well, and one could say, one could argue that having gotten really tight on my principles, going through that process... It goes out into yes the universe the universe yeah. and then you know was, you know one of the theories is then that comes back to you you're attracting what you put out. I am complete believer. I mean, in in the gratitude that I shared earlier today about the blue sky and how I look to that as a source for just spiritual connection to the universe. I am a huge believer that when we get very clear on things like what are the four drivers that are most important to us? When we get really clear on what our unique ability is, which is another right. module within financial sobriety that we'll talk about later in the year, that just getting that kind of clarity and putting it out in the world that I'm this light who wants to be able to show up, what happens is is we start now being able to see through those filters opportunities we otherwise would not see. And I would imagine that's part of what the exercise of the Clarity Compass, especially for a woman going through that transition of life 2.0 to life 3.0, right. let's clear the road so that the vision is clear, so that whatever's meant to show up, you're going to see it, it when up. it shows up. Right. That's and awesome. It, it did, yeah. No, it's great. It's it's super exciting. And also, I'm excited to be kind of more in connecting. Oh, back to my connection. Hey, hey. With everything going on at Gebhardt Group, and because there's a lot of really cool stuff yeah. happening, and I believe in everything you guys are about anyway, and I'm excited to be a part of that. I'm grateful that you are a part of that and that you're here, and I suspect that more often you will be part of this conversation as well, because really that's the whole purpose behind the Financial Sobriety Podcast, is a way for us to do what we do at Gebhardt Group and break it up into these learning modules that we can give away to people who right. just want to listen to the podcast and and have a do-it-yourself version of what we're doing. I mean, I'd love to see a billion people go through this whole financial sobriety curriculum to see the kinds of results that we're seeing, not just within our lives, but the lives of the clients we get the privilege of working one-on-one with. I will, uh, I'll have Allison cancel the small order that we did for the board games and have her order more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we probably should do a few more. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of board games. And a lot of cards. Hey, let's talk about you, Bob, for a minute. A lot of things have changed in our relationship with money. Awesome. So there is absolutely a timeliness to bringing episode five back into existence rather than getting lost down the tax rabbit hole that we would normally like to talk about this month because America is reopening again and people are going out and spending their money again. 
But yet, if we fast forward a year from when all of that kind of financial activity was happening, who we spent our time with, how we spent our time, and how we used our money to support who and how we spent our time, for a lot of people I know for the three of us here today, it's changed dramatically. And I'm sure it's changed for thousands and millions of other people. Are you eventually going to ask me a question? Or, I mean, I, I don't know this podcast no, I, thing very well. I, no, you're supposed to be able to read my mind and know what question I'm going to ask you and answer it before I ask it of you. <laughs> so what question am I thinking of right now? Mm, what's for lunch? Next question. How high up the mountain did I have to go to get clarity? That's a good question. How high up the mountain did you have to go? Not really that high because we've been playing in the sandbox for quite a while. Yeah. What was the experience like for you? And with the understanding that you've gone through, whereas Beth, this was the first time, although she's heard about Clarity Compass and the top of the mountain, it was the first time she went through it mm -hmm. herself. You've been through it with a number of people. What was it like for you? What was the experience like? The experience for me was actually exhilarating to watch Beth go through it for the first time. Oh. Because so I got is, emotional or this what? Is, well, absolutely. And this... This isn't meant to be a deflection in any way, but to have but my is. to have my my life partner and and BFF go through this exercise for the first time that you and I have been playing in this sandbox with, and we've told stories on this podcast time and time again of the Clarity Compass exercise and the impact that it's had on people in terms of unlocking them and getting them to do things that they never even fathomed they would be having the conversation of with their financial advisor let alone with their partner, that to me was the biggest part. It, it really wasn't a shocker what came out of the 52 cards. Because you've practiced it a bunch. Because I practiced it a bunch. I'd like to think I live it a bunch. Now, what I will say specifically in terms of, so health was one of my, health was my number two. Does, does that make it east or west? It doesn't really matter. I mean, what matters is what's the true north. So what it did do for me was motivate me to take some action with health. And we've talked, I would say health, as we've said, is one of the top things that come up for most people. I think health is south for you. It's south because it's going south? Or I'm going to go north <laughs> with my, my health that's been south? No, because when we're talking about the ups and downs, you don't do ups, you only do downs. That's true. Right? True. Thank you, John, John Panette. Thank you, John. Yeah. I choose to look at health as those aspects of my health that are within my control. I have no control over certain aspects of my health. But what can I do that is within my control with regard to my health? And it prompted me to take some action. It prompted me to engage, and I'll get very specific, with a naturopath on a course of action of going and taking some baselines, going and taking where am I with very thorough blood panels. The outcome from that is... Now I'm taking action with making those levels better with different supplements and nutritional testing that I've had done to know what foods I should eat and what foods I shouldn't eat. And there has been an, an unbelievable impact to me in terms of my energy, my vitality, uh, my sleep is better. My, I mean, look at my hair. I mean, I'm having a great <laughs> hair day. So <laughs> looks I mean, awesome. clearly there's something going on with my hair. That, if I were to like extrapolate and rewind the tape and go back, comes from having the conversation around what is important to me. Right. And that commitment to working with the naturopath, which we have actually been doing with three of the members of my family, Beth and our daughter, that is not, emphasis on not, an inexpensive process. Right. It is 
a tremendous investment, but as we have always said, and we will repeat again time and time and time on hopefully every episode we do, that the greatest investment you can ever make is in yourself. Absolutely. That was a wonderful reminder to me, holding up the mirror, that the greatest investment I can make is in myself. Yeah. And if buying a $500 bicycle for Beth was, I won't say an impediment, but there was a block there around doing it, spending the money, what have you, I can absolutely tell you that spending thousands of dollars to begin with, let alone the ongoing, on my health felt as though, well, why would I, I mean. Well, permission to speak freely. Yeah. So I've been around you guys a little while. I have watched you probably the, the same number of times that I swore off drinking for the rest of my life. I have watched you a number of times say something like, I need to get healthier. I need to eat better. I'm going to go hire this person to help me figure it out. This person's the one. Mm-hmm. And within a couple of weeks, Beth, help me out with this. Tell mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong, because I think you've been riding shotgun in this in this ride. And as someone who loves you and cares about you, sometimes feeling incredibly freaking frustrated over this process, you gave up on it. You were all done. No, no, no. I didn't give up on it. You stopped. No, no. On the financial sobriety board game, I hit the Matthew. <laughs> oh, the relapse. The Matthew relapse. The relapse slide. slide. Yeah, and and I went, you went all the way. <laughs> all the way back to the first one. And I landed in a big thing of gluten. Yeah. Oh, well, there's nothing tastier than a big thing of gluten. <laughs> Here's my point. You did the clarity compass. You wrote it down. You got clear on it. And I wrote down, I like gluten. <laughs> Which is important to write it down because now you're aware that you actually well, like Well, I have a bumper sticker now on my car, too. It's, I get a lot of laughs. I'm gluten-free. <laughs> this is, the, fir- this is the first time in all of our years together where you said you were going to go do this, and by not committing to doing it for the rest of your life, but by staying two inches in front of your nose yeah. and knowing, knowing that you can do anything for a day, there's something about writing it down and creating an action plan, and then having people written down as accountability partners and realizing that this is something I just need to put focus on today. Hey, tomorrow we might go eat a bunch of gluten, but I'm not going to today. And the cool thing is, is if you do wake up tomorrow and you've got this action plan in front of you, I'm going to bet the over-under, I'm going to bet the over that you're going to have success with this again tomorrow. And that intentionality has been super helpful because there, there are plenty of moments. And I have these little funny games I play with myself. I have to be out of the kitchen after 8 o'clock. I was just thinking that. 8 p.m. I said it the other night. Was that last night? last night. Yeah. So I try to help out cleaning up after dinner, and then I, I make a very conscious, intentional decision that I need to get the flock out of the kitchen by 8 o'clock because nothing, I repeat, nothing good happens in my kitchen after eight o'clock. <laughs> if you're present, if you're in it. The gluten finds me. It calls the sugar. Would, I, I was at the eight sugar, o'clock. The sugar yes. fairy yes. comes into my room, my head, my being. And starts yes. singing to you. Oh, I'm sure we can find Easter candy from 1997 <laughs> in the back cabinet. Hey, that... You may break a tooth, but it's going to be tasty. Yeah. Hey, I have cleaned out the cabinets. You know I am good at that. Yes. That's and gone. And she's put it all in the kitchen, where, excuse me, in the garage where we have space. No. Well, so, I mean, on a, you, ser- on you'll a have a lot more note, space after Mother's Day yeah. and the birthday when you clean it all Thank out. You. Thank on you. A, on a serious note, that two inches in front of your nose game plan is super helpful. 
I had no idea how dehydrated my body was. Here I thought I was a good boy drinking water, and I'm drinking four liters of water a day. And let's just say there's, uh, there's a lot of goes-ins and there's not a lot of goes-outs. That's shocking to me if I'm putting four liters of fluid in. Hmm, I guess my body was a little dehydrated. Yeah, absorbing that water up. As we've said many, many times, it's all about data, right? Whether it be financial planning, whether it be your health, data is the driver. Yeah. And having the information to know, and Beth and I have talked a lot about this, particularly when it comes to things like nutrition, is how often it's said, well, categorically, blanket statement, this is good for you. This is bad for you. Right. When you take the time, you invest the money, you invest the resource in digging into the key word in that sentence is you. Beth has recently gone through this exercise, and I find it ironic, not funny, but Beth has had almond butter on toast as a breakfast item for years now. And one of the very highly sensitive items on her list wasn't gluten, although it was gluten. Almonds. Oh, almonds. That exactly. conceptually is a very healthy food. Right. Except if it's like in dark chocolate. Right. But it's not for <laughs> Beth. But almonds for Beth are no bueno. That clarity, I know we emphasize that word a lot, but once you have it, it's, and we've said this before too, you can't unsee it. Right. You now see something that you haven't seen before, and you feel almost pulled in the direction of that clarity. Like, this is something I, I need to do. So one last question, and this is for the both of you. You make this sound so easy. All of these incredible changes, and we've seen it before, right? The, the social media feeds of people who've lost a gazillion pounds and they've totally changed their lives around. It just, it all seems so easy. Well, it's hard for me. I can't do what Jim did. I can't do what Beth did because it's hard for me. You, you guys, it's easy for you guys. Has this been easy? I know you're looking at me like I'm crazy. I know what the answer is. Go ahead. You can say it. No. Oh, it hasn't been. No, it's not easy. That's the point. That's, and that's what I want to hear from you. No, it's not easy. This has been hard. Is that what I'm supposed to say as a guest? Y yeah, this has been hard. Yeah, it has because old habits are hard to break. And that's really our theme for this month is looking at old habits, whether it be how you spend your time, how you spend your money, how you, how you spend your calories. How you think. How you think, how you be, and making intentional choices. Would you say that part of what's made it doable I don't want to say easier because it's not easy. What you're doing is very hard. I know what I've done in recovery, both from, well, all the stuff I used to put in my body, including my spendaholism, is something I have to focus on one day at a time. And if there's one thing I've learned about myself is I can do anything for a day, but I remembered quitting drinking for the rest of my life a hundred times. I remembered quitting, pissing all my money away on meaningless stuff hundreds of times. And yet within three or four days, I found myself doing the same exact thing I just swore off doing for the rest of my life. There's something magical that happens when we have a written game plan that we can review every day and make another intention with this written game plan that if my eyes open up today, this is what my intention is for the day. This is how I'm going to spend my time with the people I want to be with, consuming what I want to consume working with my finances in ways that I, I just, I want to be very intentional with my behaviors. I don't know tomorrow if I'm going to fall off the wagon or not. I know today I won't. Perhaps tomorrow I will. And if I wake up tomorrow, we'll see. Living intentionally is a beautiful theme. 
and it runs the gamut. It runs through all parts of life. And the Clarity Compass exercise is a, a wonderful starting point. If you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling confused, if you're having that feeling like a lot of our friends and clients have expressed to us, boy, I, I just really don't want to go back to the way it was. There are aspects of the, of the pandemic that we all want to go back to certain aspects of life the way it was, but then there's other parts we don't. Hopefully that's what all of our verbosity today has been about. Well, I'm grateful to you, Beth. I'm grateful to you, Jim, and I'm grateful to you, Ace, because we are very, very fortunate to have the relationship of accountability with one another. We root each other on. We're all here to support one another in executing what's on that Clarity Compass piece. And boy, that's a game changer. When you can surround yourself with people who are all kind of rowing the boat in the same direction, and we can cheer each other on, yep. we can support one another, and then we can gently, lovingly uh, give each other a little kick in the ass and a little I got you when we do fall, because we do fall. Right. We. And that's okay. It's part of the process. I think we can both agree that for now, that's a wrap. If you like what you heard, leave us a review and be sure to subscribe. And check out our website, yourfinancialsobriety.com. Thanks again for listening today. Here to help you find more clarity, confidence, and capability along your journey into financial sobriety, I'm Matthew Grishman. And I'm Jim Gebhardt. Be intentional with your money. Jim Gebhardt is a registered representative of and securities offered through Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, member SIPC. Jim Gebhardt and Matthew Grishman are investment advisor representatives of Gebhardt Group Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, and Gebhardt Group Incorporated are not affiliated. The opinions in this podcast are for informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or investment recommendations. To determine which investments or financial advice may be appropriate for you, consult a financial advisor prior to investing. Any reference to market performance is based on historical information and there is no expressed or implied guarantee of future performance. Opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of Brokers International Financial Services, LLC. The topics discussed and opinions given are not intended to address the specific needs of any listener. Gebhardt Group Incorporated does not offer legal or tax advice. Listeners are encouraged to discuss their financial needs with the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstance.